Welcome to When Pigs Fly. We're uncovering Cincinnati's rich business history from the 1800s to today. We talk to companies to learn the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, what it takes to grow a successful business, and to simply prose to future innovation. I'm your co-host, Patrick Bailey. And I'm your other co-host, Allie Martin. And today we are talking with Chelsea Von Ohain. Von Ohain. <laughs> Very German. Of Very German. Gotcha Pact, which is a curated box for those traveling. She curates fashions and clothes based off culture, weather, you know, where they're going, and sends it to them right before their trip. You think she could help us out with some dirndls and some lederhosen? Well, she might not exactly be able to help <laughs> us out with those, but if you want to go find some, I think you can go to the Cincinnati Art Museum. They've been collecting, you know, like fashion and textiles since they were founded in 1881, and they have over 15,000 objects spanning various centuries, cultures, and pioneering American fashion designers. So maybe you should go give that a check. I love that little fun fact slash, you know, kind of history gateway, I guess you could say, because I don't know if you've had the chance to go check out the art museum whenever they have the fashion exhibits and they are truly a sight to see. You know, I love me some Picasso and some Monet, but there's something about the textures and the fashion and also seeing the different styles you know, back in the day in the 1800s, early 1900s, and how, what, this is a cool segue here, how they used to travel with their clothing Mm. is really interesting. So they didn't have people shipping clothes to them with the weather or the culture? (laughs) Yes, no, there were no stitch fixes of the day, right? But if you look at their wardrobes, first of all, first of all, there was typically a lot more material to begin Mm. with, but they would put them in trunks, and they were also just tinier human beings to begin with, so I think that's also interesting. But but that that to me it blows my mind. You know, did think of the have, Titanic. Did they and have how, wheels on the trunks, or were they yeah, just- yeah, they would have wheels on the trunk. Or well, not till later, but typically they would just have the the handles on the sides. And if you were extra wealthy, you know, depending on how large your trunk was, would you know dictate and would be a, a social cue, so to speak, on how many shoes that you could take with you if you traveled. Huh. Maybe yes. I just am going to stick with Chelsea's Gotcha Pack site in order to, <laughs> you know, pick out my wardrobe because that just sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> so let's bring in Chelsea and uh, talk about fashion and business. Travel. Let's do it. <laughs> so, Chelsea, tell us about Gotcha Pack. Yeah. And t- give us a little bit of background on you. So, Gotcha Pact is a travel based style box. So um, essentially, we help people pack for their uh, travels. So if you are going on vacation or if you're traveling for work and you essentially like don't know what to pack, you've never been to that location before, you don't know, you know what the weather is going to be like, you don't know what the culture is going to be like, and you, you know, don't have time to pack because I think that's like the last minute thing for everybody when they're planning a trip. <laughs> and with Instagram, you know, obviously blowing up and everybody um, posting all their pictures. So we thought that that would be a really great opportunity to help people out and get them excited for their trip and make things a little less stressful. So we essentially um, take all of that information about your destination and about your itinerary, and we send you outfits according to what you're going to be doing while you're there and according to, you know, kind of the style of your destination. And then you get to just buy what you want to keep and send back the rest. So... 
Yeah. I love that. Depending on the, I feel like you could just do that right in Cincinnati because our weather's all over the place all I, the time. Right? <laughs> we need all four seasons in one day. I know. Yeah. So, so where did this, where did this inspiration come from? Because it is very niche, right? It is very niche. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you with COVID, you know, that's kind of expanded, but um, yeah. So I guess I'll take you back. I studied interior design and fashion merchandising at Ohio State and Mm. was volunteering a lot in the process and ended up going to the Peace Corps after graduation. So I was stationed in West Africa in Senegal for two years. Didn't know what the hell to pack, (laughs) obviously for a two year journey. And all I could really bring was like what I could fit on, my, you know, in my backpack. How many suitcases did you bring for that trip? I just had my one back, like one of those like big traveler backpacks. Yeah. Wow. That's the size of you. Yeah. And it was so yeah. heavy. Like I ended up like bringing all these things that I didn't, you know, need at all. Like hiking boots, yeah. like, you know, locals wear flip flops every day. Like you don't need hiking boots there. So I was researching all these blogs and like trying to find you know, some information about um, what to bring. And it was just like, there wasn't any information and I just found it really stressful. And so anyways, lo and behold, I ended up like moving there and working with like local tailors and making my own outfits with like the wax fabric that they use. And they like love dressing me up. And (laughs) so that was interesting. But, um, but after I moved home, I mean, that didn't really like spark the idea necessarily, but that was just my own kind of firsthand experience. And then when I moved home, I met my wife and Aww. she travels a lot for work. She would often be going to like Denver and London and like two cities that have very different, yeah, like, vibes. you know, dress codes of the office and different styles. And you need a raincoat for London and then probably a yeah. short sleeve <laughs> shirt for Denver. Yeah. Like people in London are like dressed to the nines, you know, and looks so good out there all the time, all the time, all the time. They're like. Perfect, you know, and people in Denver are more laid back and I would like pick out her outfits for her for first she would leave for these work trips and kind of, you know, style her outfits off of the style of Denver and off of London and make her look like really sharp for London and stuff. So um, anyways, I think with like all of our friends and family um, traveling a lot too, it kind of like caught wind and they were just like, that's an awesome service. I wish someone, you know, would help me with that. And that's kind of how it started. So, yeah. This is like the Patrick and I have been trying to wrap our heads around this, right? So when you decided to launch this service, how did you even get started, right? Like what is that business model? Because if you're dealing with clients, do you have, I mean, unless you're pulling from your own closet, right? You're like, hey, you know, this is super chic. I'm going to send this your way. What does that business model look like? And how are you logistically pulling that off with all of these outfits? Yeah. So I think with all of the style boxes out, you know, the stitch fixes and all those things out there. Yeah. I I kind of took that into consideration, but and a lot of people that were using those style box services, I was kind of like just doing the market research to see what they liked about it and Mm. what they did in. And, you know, they would get like three to five things in each box and kind of none of it really went together. It would be like, an athletic shirt and then like a pair of jeans and, you know, just like stuff that you can't really make an outfit out of. Totally random. Totally random. Yeah. But still obviously a very successful model. So I kind of took that and just did my own little twist and filled in the gaps of what I thought, you know, people could use based off of the feedback that I was getting. 
So were you buying were you buying the clothes before shipping them? Were you when you launched this, were you saying, okay, I'm going to source a bunch of products right off the bat and then hope that this works? Because I mean everybody is, you know, different size, fit, form, fashion, and all of that. Yeah. So definitely a lesson learned. <laughs> in, the, in the beginning, I was like buying up so I, you know, have my wholesale license. So I would like buy wholesale and it was like way, it was so expensive to like have all of that inventory just laying around and like hope that an order worked out. So I slowly learned like definitely not to do that. And (laughs) so really everything is like handpicked and purchased as each order comes in. So, Oh, wild. Yeah. So it's very like curated. And I think people love that because one of the complaints about some of the competitors out there was like, I have a friend that has the same shirt and like, you know, or, you know, they've sent me this more than once because it's, you know, an algorithm. So, so yeah, I kind of, you know, handpick it. And so it's definitely more of like a personal stylist model. Clearly it's changed from when you first made a sale. Do you remember your first sale? Oh my God. Probably my wife. (laughs) That doesn't count. (laughs) She can pull from your closet. She's been a great customer. No, no. Um, That was, I think, yeah. um, A girl named Allison, who is a friend, um, she was traveling to Spain. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She was traveling to Spain and like doing, you know, wine tours and had this like really cool itinerary hiking one day. And, you know, so I would kind of, send her outfits for each activity that she was going to be doing. So yeah, she, I think she was one of the first ones. That's so cool. So when you are curating these outfits, now that you've kind of shifted gears out of, you know, buying wholesale, when someone sends their, fills out the form, right? Goes through the process. How much time does it take for them to get that? Because I imagine if you're not doing that wholesale, it probably makes it a little bit longer on the production side to curate it all, right? Yeah. So another lesson learned. Yeah. <laughs> um, I So actually, I'll go back. One of the like really big things with my mission is to source like all small women-owned businesses mm. and minority-owned businesses and all fair trade or like some sort of ethical element to the company. So companies that will like, you know, clean up a pound of trash from the waterways for every mm. item purchased. And so I just with my Peace Corps background and everything, I was like, I, I want to feel good about what I'm buying and like instead of like this cheap stuff from yeah. wherever. So to make sure that was one of the elements and then to make sure that they had the fastest ship time. So that was really tricky to like narrow down my vendors in the beginning. So I had to really do a lot of research and just see like who can ship out within like one to three days. So people get so their more, box. So it shifts from them? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Now, yeah. are they all like US based or some of those international? I feel like that adds like another like realm of logistics yeah. to what they are. <laughs> it's all US based. I like, lo- there's so many cool brands internationally, but I was like, I can't, you know. That would be so, yeah, that would be even more. So when, when those ship then, are they receiving things at different times or is it? Um, so yeah, everything comes to me and then I will put it to, you know, put the outfits together because they'll get stuff from like 10 different brands in one box. So I'll like style it and then we do like a, what's called a lookbook. So we'll send like a virtual lookbook showing them how to mix and match everything that they receive so they can go back to the link and know how to put the outfits together once they're actually 
at their destination. Cheat sheet. That helps. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the ship time was the the logistics are tricky, man. It's, it's tough with e-commerce. Did they teach you that at fashion and interior design school? They don't teach you any of this stuff. So you just learned that all on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's still, you know, there's, there's still tricky things you have to work around. What has been the pros and cons for you with e-commerce? You know, some of the biggest struggles, but then also some of the biggest successes. I think, yeah, logistics, number one, would probably be the biggest struggle, especially with COVID. I mean, our ship times can, you know, be totally unpredictable. And I'm sure working with certain brands, you start to realize who's Mm -hmm. good and who's not too. Right. Totally. Totally. So I've had to, I mean, there's brands that I've loved that I've had to be like, I can't, you know, we just need this. We need this to be a faster turnaround time. Like, so yeah, that would probably be the the trickiest part. And then I think just like, you know, quality of, of the brand, it's like, you're trying something out for the first time. And a lot of times, you know, we're getting our customers sizes and style preferences, but you know, it's hard. We don't have a picture of them or anything. So it's hard to like really know what's going to look good. So to kind of go in blindly like that is, is hard. And I mean, in the store, when you go shopping, it's like, how many items do you try on before you actually buy something? So it's like to pay for all that shipping and then to just hope that it works out is it can be a little hard. And then when you're ordering something from a new vendor that you've never tried before it's like you don't really know what the quality is going to be I mean you can hope for the best but the sizing can be all over (laughs) all over the place so (laughs) what if something comes in that you're not happy with but you know that you have to get that product to that customer yeah you know hey they're leaving they're leaving next week what do you do I don't send it. I'm like, I need, I don't know. I'm like a perfection. I want them to have a good experience, you know, and I want the brand to be like, I want us to speak for what we stand for, you know? So I don't know. I, yeah, it it can be trial and error. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of times I'll just be like, Hey, you know, there's a delay. Have you ever had to like run out in person, I guess, obviously pre pre COVID uh, to yeah. like go be like, I got to go get like a last piece to finish, finish the box. Yes, I have. I definitely wow. have. Yeah. Some like last minute hiking shoes or something that just didn't come in in time. And yeah, you got to just make the order work. So now I guess, how have you built up your traction? You have some pretty good traction to date. Again, I think pre COVID, <laughs> it was like, I think the in-person events that we were going through, little pop-up shops mm. and like, uh, yeah. you know, any way to meet people and tell them about the brand, that was like so helpful. Because I think it's something that it is really unique and niche and it's like something that you kind of have to explain, you know, in person and people get so excited. They It's like something that doesn't exist. So they're they're excited about it. But um, those events were helpful. And then I think just word of mouth, like especially in Cincy, that's been the biggest thing. It's mm. like, just friends trying, you know, being supportive and then friends of friends hearing about it. And it just keeps rolling like that. Has Cincinnati been your main market so far? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah but we've gotten a few like all over the country. So that's, and it's really fun. And then people are like traveling, obviously pre-COVID, like all over the, the world. So we've styled people for, you know, Thailand and Hawaii and Dubai, and you know, and it's fun to like, do that research on what people, what the locals wear and stuff. Yeah. Now, do you, obviously, I guess like if they're going to Dubai, like you have to be very cautious about, you know, the culture and the religion, like you have to be a little bit more covered up both men and women. So I guess like, how do you know all that? Yeah. Is it just a Wikipedia search? 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of like knowing people that have been there and getting their firsthand accounts or yeah, and just like, yeah, googling it, like what's, you know, reading blogs on what the culture is. And now we have this whole database of like, you know, weather per season and, and culture and little tips like that to, to make it a little faster, but it's definitely, I mean, yeah, you, you have to cover up and you can't like visit the mosques if you have your shoulder showing. And those are the things that people don't, you know, they go there and they don't have you don't um, think what about they that. need. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and I, that's the feedback we've gotten is like, this has been so helpful because I would have never known this, you know? So I want to kind of jump on something that you mentioned. You said that you built up a database of, you know, like materials, cultures, you name it. What are you planning to do with that big database? Are you just going to use that internally or are you going to, you know, maybe monetize that in the future? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I didn't think that was a great idea. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think it would be obviously amazing if we had the AI and everything was automated down the road. Hmm, Any AI developers in Cincinnati? (laughs) We'll get you guys connected. Please do. Please do. And what was it like building out your website too? Because thinking about data, e-commerce, your website is a huge, huge portion and experience, right, of your brand. Yes. What was that like? So we use Wix and that has been mm, really user-friendly. I know most e-commerce use Shopify and that yeah. was kind of something that... Um, so you built you, it out yourself. I did. I designed oh, it wow. all. Did yeah. you like write the code or did you hire like a coder to do all that fun stuff? No, it's just, it's just the Wix platform. It's like, they make it really easy, but wow. yeah, all the, all the colors. It's an organic the- Wix ad. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone check it out. Um, God, no, I- <laughs> but it's not, we're not getting paid by Wix. <laughs> you hey should. Wix, if you want to get, if you want to sponsor this episode. <laughs> Yeah, That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, I, obviously, I'm, I mean, I tweak the website almost every day, so it just takes a little bit. But I, in the beginning, I did hire coders and developers, yeah. and I just found it to be a little difficult. Things were moving a little too slow for me. Oh, okay, interesting. So, yeah, I had to take the reins. Did you know what you wanted that layout to look like? I, no, I think it evolved. Like, I wanted, I knew I wanted it to be just like a very soft, like gentle like kind of like you know vacation-y like just you know breezy and and with the colors and everything and the and the pictures and the layout so so yeah I think it just evolved from there but I I love it you said uh at first you did go for like the developers and coders you know for our audience they're probably doing the same thing you know you said they were slow but how did you go about finding them how did you go about vetting them and then when did you decide like hey they're moving too slow for me i'm just gonna do it myself unfortunately god love him one of them was my friend and you know he did he had a full-time and we still job. love him by the we way we still love him <laughs> Shout out to friend. <laughs> yes. and then one of them was um one of my wife's coworkers. so i think okay. i think it was hard because these guys still had a full-time job and they were kind mm. of doing this on the side so that was you know and i was yeah. just starting out so i didn't have a ton of funding for for that in the budget. So that would be one thing that, you know, definitely, I mean, the website is obviously so important, so So it's worth it um, to get something really good. But 
Yeah. What did what did funding look like then for something like this? Right. So where were you? Were you were you also working a full time job when you launched this, or did you jump ship? What did that look like? Yeah. No, I was working a full time job literally up until COVID hit. <laughs> oh. oh so yeah, dabbling and and doing both. You know, it was like it's all been customer funded and self funded up until you know now. So it's like. It was hard and I, I wouldn't recommend quitting your job and jumping right in, but it was, it, you know, we just had our second year anniversary and I was like, I, I can't not pour my whole heart into this. Like, this is where my passion is and I need to see yeah. where this goes if I can dedicate all of my time to it, you know, and it was just too hard to be so scattered like that. So we mentioned a few times COVID. So tell us, you know, obviously mm. you had to probably pivot because A, people aren't traveling. Yes. And then B, you know, Ali and I are just sitting in sweatpants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what did you have to change about your business model? Oh my gosh. It was tough, man. Like, yeah, I mean, going from, like I said, full-time job to to full in and then this happened it was devastating. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I really had to like rethink everything. And mm. I think what, what sparked it was people were messaging me or emailing me like, Hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going on a trip, but I really do just need like a new wardrobe or I have this yeah. like special occasion and I, you know, don't know what to do about, I have an engagement photo shoot or I want a cool birthday present for my mom or, you know, whatever. I was getting these questions here and there and I was like, well, I guess we can do that, you know, and, and that's when it started, like, maybe I should open up a little bit and not have it so niche, at least during this time. Mm. Will you continue it then? Cause it, cause it does kind of go back to the normal, like stitch fix. Right. I don't know, to be honest, like I'm going yeah. back and forth about it. Cause I really don't want to lose the core vision of the business and mm. of the concept. And I think well, we so we did launch a subscription model. So it's more of like a seasonal subscription where people do get, you know, a few new items for every change in season. But there are so many of those boxes yeah. out there like that. And I just, I, I mean, ours is different because of the fair trade, you know, ethical element of the clothing. So that's, that's cool. But I just think that this is like a really cool, um, I don't know, service that isn't out there. So I want to I'm, I'm hoping travel will <laughs> boom again. Go, go get your vaccine, people, so, yes. <laughs> so we can travel. I mean, and it, honestly, it caters from a visual standpoint, mm. right? If you have people who are traveling, they naturally become a great a walking brand for you as well. Totally, um, and for and for the brands that they're wearing, and on social media, like Instagram. and on social media, yeah. And oh I God, was yeah. your the brand is very cohesive, like you said, very whimsical, very soft, very dreamy travel. How are you going about shooting all of those? Now, are you shooting those photos or what does that look like from a, a visual standpoint? Yeah, um, it's pretty it's pretty hilarious if you want to be totally honest. Um, yeah, I we just like got photo, photo shoot equipment and, you know, nice. uh, with COVID now, I'm, I'm in my bedroom like shooting these pictures oh, wild. for at least like the lookbook. So when, you know, people get the, the you know, kind of clothes laying on the ground with like, that kind of picture that you see, that's all me. But a lot of them are, you know, stock images that we've just purchased. So yeah, I mean, COVID's made things really tricky. You can't even really do any of that anymore. Yeah. So do the brands ever supply you with imagery as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, totally. Totally. 
What's been the most surprising thing about, you know, your journey thus far? I mean, you're two years now into it. One of those years was basically kind of taken away because of the pandemic. Yeah. But like, right, right. you know, what has been the most interesting thing you've learned? I think I'm talking about COVID so much, but it's like, in a way that was really helpful because I think the last six months of 2020, we grew like 400%. So it's like being able to like open the doors a little bit to, you know, see what else people really need and just see where it goes was really surprising. I was just like, sales are good. (laughs) This is weird. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, you know, now that we're moving out of COVID, what is, what is your plan? What is your strategy moving forward in terms of getting the word out of your brand? I started working with influencers, which is the first time I've ever kind of went down that route with marketing. And, um, I think it's going to be good. I mean, there's so many, obviously travel influencers now, And so I think a firsthand experience, getting that, you know, feedback and referrals or whatever is going to be interesting. And how are you finding these? How do you find these influencers? How do you go about that? You're just Googling or (laughs) looking on Instagram like travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's there's um, platforms out there that you can pay for that will like let you kind of filter out your demographic and like who they, who, you know, the demographic of that influencer serves and Mm you know, kind of what their interests are and what they tend to, you know, advertise for. So that's a route you can go. And a lot of them I've just been following and, you know, you just type in the hashtags yeah. and you find them and you, you know, DM them and see if they're interested yeah. in partnering Slide with you. into their DMs. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. wear my product. Exactly. exactly. Yep. Yep. So you're doing influencers for marketing and getting your word out that way. Is there anything from, I guess, an operation standpoint that you hope to do a little bit differently moving forward? I think narrowing down those, those vendors again, Mm -hmm. and just continuing to do that research and being ready for when an order comes in. Cause I mean, each, each time, you know, people are different sizes, have different interests. And, you know, a lot of times we don't have, things lined up for like hiking mm-hmm. shoes or, or those mm-hmm. like niche products that people need. So operationally, we need to get better about about that, to be honest. So I'm not, you know, scrambling to fulfill an order and having that all lined up would be helpful. So I kind of want to stay on the, along the business side of things. But one thing that entrepreneurs, you know, kind of struggle with is funding. And mm-hmm. you as a budding entrepreneur clearly have pitched a few investors yourself Tell us what that's like and what do you, what's your plans for that? Yeah, uh, it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's good. I, I mean, I was a part of the G-Beta program, Patrick, as you know. So that was incredibly helpful to be able to sit down with those people. And I mean, obviously, they're not as intimidating as they sound. Through the Brandery program, you're kind of set up with these meetings to, to pitch these people. So what I do need to focus on is is how much I need, to mm. be honest. That's something that I have a lot of trouble with. I'm not a numbers person. I'm a creative. So, <laughs> Are you um, outsourcing for that too? Um, or are you still doing it all? Or are you trying to find someone to help you with that? 
Luckily, I'm married to a financial analyst, so... Oh, you guys are the dream <laughs> team. The dream team, yeah. So she's, uh, she's really helped me with, like, projections and, and all of that stuff, so... Um, Not only was she was your first customer, she's your CFO. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, do you want to make this a family business one day? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's amazing. So I think, yeah, that's definitely something I need to focus on and get some help with, but um, I we, you know, we've obviously have amazing mentors through the brandery that just need to meet with and sit down when that time is ready. I'm about to have a baby <laughs> in about oh, two months. So that's uh, throwing a wrench in the plans, but that's okay. Thank you. That's thank so you. exciting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. How, how are you doing all of this? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love How it. How are you feeling is the better question. Oh, yeah. A lot of back pain and, you know. Oh, no. my gosh. Um, you, could have, you could move into maternity. maternity I've done clothing. a maternity box. I did a maternity box for a girl in Chicago. It's yeah, yeah. Another market. Oh. I know. I will say that is a, a there's, there's a hole in the market for maternity wear. It all sucks and it's it needs to be revised. <laughs> all right. We're looking at you, Chelsea. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's it's been a wild ride, you know, with COVID and going through fertility and, you know, all of that. It's just been, you know, I'm just trying to roll with it and do it yeah. all. I don't know. So you are currently looking for investors? Um, Not currently. Got I it. think I'm going to just, again, with COVID, I think I want to wait a little bit longer and see mm-hmm. what the what the market is going to tell me and you know, not jump right in until we kind of have that figured out just because everything was turned on its head this last year. So what do you wish you would have known going into some of those meetings when you first started to look for funding with these investors? I guess just, yeah, the questions that they, you know, hit you with and things that, you know, you don't necessarily have the answers to just yet is, is hard. You know, what were some of those questions that they were, that they were throwing at me? Yeah. Um, oh gosh, no, that's okay. <laughs> for anyone, because I'm just thinking from anyone's, from someone's perspective who might be in that same boat, right? Who yeah, is looking totally. to start something and then they need to go pitch to investors and they are just to give them a little bit of a yeah, advantage, yeah. I guess. I mean, ha- like just be so prepared for all of that. You know, the cap table, like have all of that lined up, like have the, you know, where your competitors are at with like their, you know, IPOs or wherever they're at with their funding. Mm. Show them like how successful the competitors have been. You know, that I think is is really helpful for people to see. And then, you know, just knowing your business inside and out, knowing the numbers, you know, even if that's not your strong point and being able to rattle that off knowing the market and your differentiator yeah i mean and just believing in your product you know like i think people can see that passion and that's huge do you think cincinnati is the place for a fashion slash (laughs) e-commerce startup you oh good question patrick i do i think like i don't know being a smaller town i think people travel a lot like Mm -hmm. you know we're a more affordable city so people have a little bit of extra income to explore versus you know living in new york and like that's just where you're at and you're in you're in the coolest spot so why do you have to leave you know but i yeah i think it's a it's a great community here and obviously the startup scene is awesome so wait what do you have to say to the city of cincinnati about our fashion can we get some fashion tips from you right now? Oh because my god, we're <laughs> we're, doing we're going great, down guys. this. Shit. <laughs> come on, the nineties are back. Right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. I was walking around OTR this weekend. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so fun to like just see everybody 
like being themselves and wearing whatever they want. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, I I do like want to just partner with more small businesses here in Cincinnati. I, Mm. I have like one designer that I've met who does menswear. And so I've been able to work with her on a few items, but it would be so cool to source like from local designers here. So if anyone's listening. Love that. Love that. Now, I guess question for you is what makes Cincinnati, what resources here make Cincinnati special? Obviously you feel that there is a place and a need here and you said, yeah, it's a smaller town. So, you know, definitely people get on board, but what resources make Cincinnati different from, let's say, those bigger cities? I don't know. I mean, I think obviously those bigger cities, it's um, it's a bigger game. You know, they're they're yeah. dealing with like huge startups that are like Facebook and those. Guys. So it's yeah. like if you are a smaller business, I think it's harder to you know get get noticed. So I think Cincinnati's awesome for that. I mean, there's so many resources and, you know, grants for small women-owned businesses and, you know, awesome support for, for all of that. So I think we're, I don't know. I love that about Cincy. Are you familiar with So Valley at all? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. She's um in my dance class. Oh. <laughs> Rosie. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. And to get, yeah, I guess to give context, Rosie started So Valley and it's a little bit more on the West side of town by the FC stadium. And yeah. they, they, produce and they literally sew and work with fashion designers here in this area, which is, you know, rare, right? She's probably one of one, but then they also have little areas that you can rent out within their space over there for any up and coming designers. So shout out again, if anyone. Shout out So Valley. Rosie's amazing. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. I went to their grand opening. So that was a really cool event. And oh, I love that. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. That's awesome. Small world. See, I love that. I love that about Cincy. Love the resources. Love yes. all the resources. Now, you talked about, you know, Cincinnati from, you know, obviously the resources perspective, but is there anything, you know, policy-wise that the city or the state should be doing in order to support small business owners like yourself? I haven't run into like any crazy regulations by any means. I will say like, you know, when it comes to resources, like there's been a few investors that I've talked to that weren't as open-minded, let's just say, as as I would hope a little bit of the Me Too Mm. movement kind of uh, situations where Mm, they're like, you know, I mean, since it is a smaller town, sometimes it's not as progressive as I would hope. Sometimes I get scared to tell people about my wife and, you know, little things like that. You just have to like know your audience. So I think that's the only thing I would say with um, things that they could improve upon. Yeah. That's hard to create through a policy. Right, right. Exactly. No, it's something that we can all work on. And, you know, Mm -hmm. one thing Allie and I want our listeners to take away from each podcast is something that we can all work on. So I think that is something super actual. Yeah, and if you're listening to this, really thinking with that, thinking about your interactions and your engagement with people. That's just yeah, yeah, exactly. I think. um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been tons of support and stuff, but just a few of those older gentlemen that (laughs) I wish could be a little bit more open-minded. Yeah, yeah. more positive than negative, which is good, but still little blimps in the radar. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, what is that? I guess with that, we can kind of come to an end here and wrap this up. I would love to know as one of your final thoughts, what's what's the one advice that you could give to a one piece of advice that you could give to a young 
entrepreneur who might be beginning a startup here in Cincinnati or anywhere for that matter? Yeah, I would say, you know, be able to be flexible. I think that's the biggest thing I've learned this year. Like be able to see, you know, like just listen to your customers, listen to the market, like be able to go with the flow. I think I, you know, I had this awesome idea and I, you know, I I still believe in it, but also like I've seen where, where it can go and how it can grow and expand. And I don't think, you know, you have to be this one niche thing necessarily. Maybe, you know, you can, you can see where things will take you and yeah, just be open to change. Flexibility. Hey, oh, here we go. Do you give, do you ship out pants for chicks who are six one? Speaking <laughs> of do. flexibility. Okay, good. All right, good. Just wondering. <laughs> very tall. I have a lot That's of my very last tall That's friends. All. <laughs> Great question. Yeah, Great Allie question. was like, uh, sometimes I think these don't have, you know, clothes for a baby giraffe like me. <laughs> My wife is 5'10", so I don't know if that, Oh, I guess, yay! Yeah, I mean, she's a little bit shorter, but still, I, I got you. Don't worry. Love it. Love my tower girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chelsea, thank you so much for talking with us. I know I've enjoyed our conversation. Allie's enjoyed it, clearly. Yes, and, this has been awesome. Yeah, this has oh, been great. good, good. Thank you so much, you guys. This has been great. I really appreciate having me on. Wow. I am ready to travel to go get my gacha packed and pack up my suitcase. You're going to look so stylish, Patrick. <laughs> As always. <laughs> <laughs> you and your elder t-shirts. <laughs> you definitely could take some advice from Chelsea. I think we both can. <laughs> I just okay. threw you under the bus. I'm so okay, sorry. Baby. Okay, baby giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask the pants question, too. Anyway, I digress. She was fantastic. And I'm... You know, what I love about her is she's really the first guest that we've had Mm. where we're kind of catching her at the beginning of her journey. Yeah, she's definitely early. and But I think that's interesting, especially because Mm -hmm. her second year, we hit the pandemic. And I know we talk about that point a lot, but I think that's just what's going to be happening to small businesses and entrepreneurs across the country. Yeah, the the adaptability factor is really that home run thought that I think I took away from her and listening to listening to your audience or who you think your audience is and knowing your competitors, especially as an early entrepreneur being prepared going into those meetings, right? Who are your competitors? What is your differentiator? You really need to think about that yeah. before you want to launch into a brand. Well, and I think she even was thinking about that when she said, like, hey, like mm-hmm. I might be continuing this expansion, but then again, I might just be a stitch fix. And yeah. she doesn't want that. And Gotcha Pack was different from the sense that it was travel focused, and yeah. but also it had that added, you know, social responsibility piece to it. So it'll be interesting to see where she mm-hmm. goes. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. You know, she could pause. She has all this data about different cultures and what they wear and like what yeah. <laughs> for trail. Especially from, a, yeah, the, the data, but from a blog site, we kind of talked mm. about that, right, too, from a social media standpoint. I really think, and I hope she does, she could really build out that idea if she's able to build a team in the right way that it becomes almost this dual media blogging who knows maybe some sort of like travel-y advice along with looking really cool while you do it yeah and she knows what she wants and she obviously cares a lot 
about this business because she quit her day job in order to do this. So, you know, and she's going to keep on keeping on and I'm excited to see where she goes. Heck yeah. E-commerce is the future and the future is here and it will be interesting to see where she goes a year from now. And with that, Ali, I think it's time, time time to prost. Let's prost to future innovation. Cheers. Cheers. Also, don't forget, we want to hear from you. We love to receive any feedback. So check us out on whenpigsfly.fm. You can find both of our emails there. You can also find our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, our LinkedIn. All of our social channels are there to check out. And who knows? You might even get a shout out from us on the pod. And here's some necessary legal stuff. Allie Martin and Patrick Bailey developed the When Pigs Fly podcast in collaboration with the Up Company LLC. At the time of this recording, we do not own equity or any financial interest in the companies which appear on the show unless otherwise indicated. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own opinion and do not reflect the opinions of the EW Scripps Company and its affiliates or Generator Management LLC and its affiliates or any entity which employs us. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. We have not considered your specific financial situation nor provided any investment or legal advice on the show. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week. We also want to give a shout out to Claire and Christian of Moonbow. They're the two artists of our intro song, which is so catchy and get stuck in our heads all the time. So bop over to Spotify or wherever you find your music and give them a listen. And Like the Night by Moonbow is courtesy of Silver Lake Sync.